Welcome survivors, burnout community, and those just interested. It's Kelly Bubolt's owner, trainer, and burnout prevention mentor at KB Training Connections. Burnout is not taboo. It's our reality in this fast-paced society. But we are not going to let it drive the narrative to our stories. We're going to do something about it. So let's dig in. Today I want to talk about working from home. This is a new concept for me. I only got pushed home during the stay-at-home order in 2020, and then I was able to come back to work, but many people didn't go back to work or chose to stay working from home, which is fine. But now we're about in month 23 since the pandemic started and people started working from home, and they're starting to see some data in relation to burnout and working from home. Some people manage it well, but some do not. And that's maybe why you're here listening to this podcast. Some of the research has found that double the amount of night waking is happening because people don't have this work-life balance anymore because work is at home. They're also finding almost double the stress from the unbalance of work-life is coming in for the people that do work from home versus in the office now. In the office, definitely has stressors. There's no doubt about it. And working from home has its perks. But when you lose that work-life balance, that's when burnout can happen. That's when you move from energy to just this languishing cycle where you just do things over and over and over again. And it seems like you're not having progress. So I'm going to talk about three ways that you can have an established work-life balance when you work from home. Especially now that I'm working from home, I'm definitely feeling it. I'm feeling the disengagement and the disconnect from certain people and teams. I'm feeling the routine is so important, but it's hard to stick with it. So we're going to go through a couple things that have been helping me, and I hope it helps you too. The first one is, what is your committed work hours? I know that seems really simplistic, but it's even hard for me when I've established work hours and even no screen hours and no phone hours to stick with it. Figuring out how to commit to these work hours is a little bit easier than establishing work hours. So what is an emergency situation after hours that you need to answer? In most cases, you are not the emergency contact. In most cases, things are not emergency. It might be timely, but you could probably reply to it at 8 o'clock the next morning. If it's not an emergency, you don't need to do it. This is all in your mind that you'll feel better at night if you sleep if all this stuff is off your list. And I will tell you, there will never be a time when you don't have things on your list. So it's not a good mentality to stay in. So I want you to break it down by like this. What is an emergency? If most cases are not emergency and you are not the emergency contact, then you don't have emergencies. You don't need to be on after hours. The other thing to convince your mind of is you will actually have more energy towards work tomorrow if you don't do that task before bed or after dinner or before dinner. Sometimes we think, if I get this done and I do this, then I can focus on that tomorrow. I have more clarity. And really what you're doing is you're not giving your brain time to rest and have that creative, innovative type of nature back in it. You're exhausting it. So it's similar to those that work 12-hour shifts. And by the time they're done with those four days in a row of 12-hour shifts, They're just a pile of crap, right? They can't think, they can't function. I know a lot of times in manufacturing, our workers that were on long hours, they just can't even function in regular human routine life because the brain is just so fried. The brain needs time to dump and trash and sort and put things in memory. And you're not giving it time to do that when you just work constantly. Commit to those, if it's not an emergency, commit to that you will have more energy tomorrow to do the task if you wait. 
and it takes time, but if you commit to it, I promise your brain will thank you. The other thing is, where is your work desk area? I know that seems really simple, but I have a laptop, so I can easily plop my laptop on the counter while I cook, or plop my laptop in the morning before I even sign on for work to get a few emails done before I take the kids to school. And the thing with that is, again, I'm extending my work hours. It might not seem like much, but day after day after day, you're burning yourself out. So what is your station desk area? And that's where the electronics need to be. If you want to move around your house during core work hours, that's fine. I literally have my desk in a closet in the playroom downstairs. It is doom and gloom, so I cannot work down there all day. But during my core work hours, I come upstairs with my laptop. I have a stand-up rolly type of desk up there, and I move around to certain parts of the house as the sun moves. But after those core hours, my laptop is downstairs in that closet because I'm very unlikely to go down there and work. Don't work from your bed or from the couch. This is basically that work-life imbalance. You're combining both of them. You're combining relaxation and zen with work. So don't work out of your bed. Don't work on your couch and try to stay off work emails on your phone because again, you're muddying your own life. It can be actually a very structured work-life balance if you commit to it, but sometimes we just can't help ourselves. So you need to find out why do you need to sign on? And that's why that first question was, what's an emergency? Because if it's not an emergency, why are you doing it? The other situation that you need to look at is your morning routine. What is your morning routine and remove work from it? So morning routines I think of is before the core hour starts. Again, is the laptop remaining in your your station desk area so you're not opening it? Is your work emails not opened until core work hours? Again, you will have more energy and momentum and motivation to do those things if you give yourself space. The other thing, and please look into the other podcast episodes is that morning is crucial to set up your day. So the moment you go into your emails, you're in response mode. You're literally setting your whole day up in responding to those emails instead of doing work intentionally, which will lead to unproductive activities throughout the day. Commit to your work from home hours through finding out what's an emergency. Most likely nothing is. Um, Separating your workstation from your actual home. Figuring out a morning routine that does not include work. And then reminding yourself constantly that you will have more energy tomorrow if you shut off. It's similar to the vacation. When you go on vacation, hopefully you're reset. If you're in burnout, maybe that's not the case. But it's because you disconnected from things. So disconnect on a daily basis instead of waiting until you're way across that line. Way across the limit that you're just in burnout now. So the first one is commit to work from home hours, core hours, just as if you were going in the office. The second one is, what kind of breaks are you taking? So I find myself distracted and I'll go switch the laundry over and then now I need to make some bacon for some casserole this weekend for a holiday party. And so I'll do these little things as a a video's loading or I'm waiting for a webinar to start. And those are distractions. Those are not breaks. I'm working just on other things. So there's a couple things you want to do for breaks. One, You want to focus on cognitive breaks. So that means no stimulation to reset. This might be sitting outside, getting some fresh air. This might be just um, maybe having a cup of tea. Make sure that you're just not giving any stimulation. So that means no screens, no podcasts, no phone. What are you doing to just allow your brain to reset? It's proven that you only need five minutes of this no stimulation to reset and get a cognitive break that re-energizes you. 
So it doesn't take much time, but if you're feeling like brain fog or overwhelmed and you don't know what to do next, give yourself this cognitive five minute break, no stimulation, you're not doing anything. Breathe it out, sip some tea, look outside, look at the birds, get some fresh air, and you'll be fine. The other thing that you can do to increase energy is movement breaks. I mean, it seems silly, especially I'm at a stand-up desk most of the day, but sometimes you just need to move. You need to move to a different room, a different part of the house. You need to um, go for a walk. You need to bust out and and dance for a little bit. Take a 15-minute dance break. Uh, I stretch often, especially because I'm standing up, that I get some poor posture, so I like to stretch it out, and then I feel like I get my good posture back. So what do you do for energy? And I don't want you to pump yourself full of caffeine because as we discussed in previous episodes is you're actually causing problems with the rhythm of your organs. That's your natural energy. So you'll cause yourself pain later. So use that movement break or exercise or as small as walking, dancing, stretching to kind of give yourself a break. The other one is mood boosters. What gives you a mood booster? Is it hanging with your pet for a little, a couple cuddles, you throwing the ball around? Is it tending to your plants for five minutes? Is it that fresh air therapy? Is it catching up with a work friend or a, a real friend and sending a funny sticker? This is not social media. Stay off social media. We're going to get to that in a second. But what type of mood boosters kind of just make you feel energized again? I like to go out and I have a homestead, so I might go tend to them for a little bit, get some pets in, get some fresh air. I try not to do manual labor because that's, again, a distraction. But what are you doing for a mood booster? The other one is connection. Again, we want to kind of keep ourselves connected with people in the office or relationships. So what are you doing with work peers to catch up? Who's your person that you kind of contact? Can send a quick email. Those can be fun breaks to just help you reset as well. And then the last one I want to talk about is distractions. Distractions are not breaks. Like I said, if you're going to tend to the dishwasher, the laundry, or some kind of project task, those are not breaks. They are interruptions. There is a difference. It's similar to if you go into the, if you were in office and you go to the kitchen for a coffee, for example, and you're talking to someone and then you you start rearranging and cleaning up the kitchen. Well, now this is, that's just a distraction now. You're not even giving yourself a break. So remind yourself to give yourself breaks daily. And again, then small self-care actions towards energy instead of burnout. And then the last thing is, what is your end of day transition? I have found that it's really hard for me to stick to my work core hours if I don't have some kind of transition now, because I can be in leggings, comfy socks, and a hooded sweatshirt, and that's normally what I would wear at home. So now I feel like there's not this switch off or my commute time for me to transition from work to mom mode and being at home. So you need to find a transition that makes it different And really, you're just looking for brain proof. You're trying to prove to your brain that work is done. I am in home mode now. That can be through changing your clothes. So I've started, I usually dress up when I'm training or coaching, but now I actually dress up, you know, head to toe because then when I'm done with my core work hours, I put the leggings on and the sweatshirt. And it's been my kind of transitional outfit change to show I'm at home, I'm comfy cozy now, that means no work. The other thing you can do is the environment and why you need to stick to that station desk area and put the electronics away out of sight, out of mind. You're you're proving to your brain that there is no work functionality around me, so now it's time for home life. And again, 
Laptops travel. Smartphones travel. You have to get them out of sight, out of mind. When I get my kids home from school, I have a rule that I will check emails until four o'clock and that's not with my laptop open. That might just be one time from three to four o'clock where I check in to make sure any lost emails. And then four o'clock on, my phone is in my room on the charger. And I don't look at anything besides making sure my alarm's set until the next morning. And it's been a huge mood changer. It's brought energy back to my life. It's brought less disruption in my sleep. So basically, I have no phone hours from four o'clock on now. And if I have my phone on the, even on the counter, I will check social media. I will check my emails. Again, out of sight, out of mind. Make a work to home transition, a routine, in order to prove to your brain that it's different. Again, the easiest way is electronics are out of sight, out of mind. The other thing is what's going to be the new routine. So sometimes because we work from home, we just continue as is. And we need to realize that working from home is different. Usually you were in an office environment and now you are not. You need to come up with a new routine. You can't do your old routine. You need to come up with a new morning routine. You need to come up with a new day routine for resets and breaks. And then you need to have an end of day transition routine. And once you establish that, see what's working and reward yourself when you honor that and reroute yourself when it's not working. So I would often get distracted throughout the day with my smartphone because it's fairly easy to go on social media or do non-work related things when you don't have people in your office and someone holding you accountable. So I actually make my phone disappear. I put the ringer kind of high. I put it in my bedroom so I can hear it. And then if someone calls me, then I will answer it. But otherwise, my work email is right in front of me on my laptop. That's the only other way people would contact me. That way, I stay off social media. I stay off maybe shopping apps or I just stay off all the non-work related things to control my distractions. And I reward myself. You know, if it's a very productive week, then maybe on Friday afternoon, I go for a hike or I do something for myself and I reward myself for all those productive actions. And when I have bad days, then I rewrote. What else can I do to make sure that my distractions do not continue? I hope that those three working from home actions and habits can aid in energy instead of burnout. Commit to working from home hours. Again, you have to prove to your brain the separation. What kind of breaks are you taking? And, and make sure that you're not overstimulating yourself during these breaks. Actually give your body and brain a break. And then what is your end of day transition and commit to it? Reward yourself and reroute. You cannot recover from burnout with prescriptions, procedures, or surgery. Come join a holistic community specializing in burnout to begin your recovery. Each month for only $10, get a specialist lecture, worksheets, and action planning delivered right to your email. Take it from a burnout survivor when I say, your recovery begins with just one action step. Burnout is a confusing and lonely journey. I want you to know you are not alone. I hope to see you here again for more recovery tips and education. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your family and friends. If no one shared the word burnout with me, I don't know where I would be today.